Welcome to Blockchain Inside. The podcast is co-produced by Ideas, the Purdue Blockchain Lab, and CastBox. Our vision is to connect everyone in the blockchain industry and explore the most up-to-date news. We hope this podcast will be educational, easy to understand, and inspirational for all our listeners. I'm Kimberly Culbertson. With me is Coach Culbertson, and today we have Michael Noel with us. Michael, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself to our audience and to tell a bit of your story with blockchain. Hi, I'm Michael Noel, and thanks for having me. Uh, it's a great podcast, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I started mining in 2011 with a friend of mine, so that's how we got introduced with blockchain. Blockchain Technologies is doing some mining stuff. Uh, and then in 2014, when uh, Vitalik Buterin came out with the uh, Ethereum and the smart contracts, uh, we were kind of an early adopter there. We realized what was going on early, um, and we, we moved right directly into smart contracts. And now uh, the same partner and myself, John Crockett, own a company called Blockchain Consultants. And Blockchain Consultants rationalizes uh, workflows using distributed ledger technology and uh, um, uh, decentralization. Got it. So we understand you have a lot of experience in venture capital. Can you help us understand uh, the VC mindset in regards to, to crypto funding? Sure. In my experience with VC and private equity, I, I spent 30 plus years in uh, venture capital and, and private equity funding. And um, I, I retired from that in t- uh, 2003 uh, and moved into you know doing some consulting. So thus, I do have a, a very wide and very long history in the VC and private equity. And the, the venture capitalists are out there. They're, they're looking to invest in 10 or 15 different types of projects. They'll invest um, uh, capital in, in projects that are not mature, they're early stage, uh, not proven, and they, they'll, they're more of a gambler with their uh, investment money. So they'll, they'll invest in a project, and their whole idea is to uh, look at converting um, out of the 10 projects they convert, they're looking to make their money back on one or two, knowing that uh, you know the vast majority of them are not going to be uh, of any value. Uh, and that's kind of the, their, their mindset. Private equity is different, but VCs are kind of this the, the thing where they look at the team, they, they back the team, not the idea. Um, and, and, and they come into the, the, the project with money and invest with a different mindset. Does that make any sense? Sure, yeah. So uh, if we look at the American Stock Exchange, the value there depends upon the value of the businesses. So there's a value ratio. There's a thing called the earnings ratio. So it's worth five times earnings or it's worth 200 times earnings, the way that we value companies on the stock exchange. And we value the different companies based upon the profit that they make, the value that they make, or the things that they, they do to prop up the economy and, and the, the people that they employ. Uh, what, when we're doing ICOs and things of this nature, it's, it's a completely different. And the, the venture capitals have come into ICOs, and it's kind of different the way that venture capitalists are coming into ICOs here. They're buying in the technology. Uh, they're buying in the, the value of the blockchain. Uh, and they're not necessarily buying in the value of, you know, really what the fundamentals are, like a company on the stock exchange. They're, the ICOs are, there's no earnings, so I can't get a price-to-earnings ratio. The, the VCs are looking at this and gobbling these things up. They're spending billions and billions of dollars on these ICOs. You know, if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin was kind of the first one that, that entered the, the system. Bitcoin is the internet of value. What does that mean? 
That means that when Bitcoin came on the road, suddenly we can exchange value on the internet. I can take a Bitcoin out of my wallet and give it to someone who is in a different country, in a different part of the world, and I can take and transfer that Bitcoin to the other person's wallet in a matter of seconds. There's huge value here. Uh, We're not necessarily going through the banking, the banking industries. We're not going through the SWIFT network, which is what the banks use to transmit money. And it, we're doing it much quicker and much less expensive. For instance, I have a, there's a, a company out there that is called Fiverr. Maybe a lot of people will be familiar with that. Right, so yeah. I'll, I'll spend $5.50 on Fiverr, right? And it's going to take that person on the other end or through PayPal, it's going to take two or three days for that person to get the money. There's going to be charges that are involved to Fiverr and then it eventually triples down to the guy who's doing my money. And he's not getting very much and he's getting it two or three weeks later. And... Uh, because it is an international transaction, a lot of times I'll go to my banking statement, and because I've done something with Fiverr and spent $5.50, I'll get a charge for $1.90 because it was an international transaction. This is craziness. Well, I can do the same thing with, with, with Bitcoin, right? I can transfer my Bitcoin to that same person and have it happen within seconds and have it only cost just a little bit as far as gas is concerned. So it's something that does does things a thousand times quicker and a hundred times less expensive. Make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. The next one is the internet of value is uh, Ethereum, which has a thing called a smart contract. Smart contracts are are quite different than Bitcoin because they transfer trust. It's a if this, then that uh, argument for money. So a lot of the VCs right now are looking at this new internet of trust, which is what is represented by smart contracts, and they're looking at the people that are starting to build these environments for these smart contracts, and they're throwing a lot of money at them. It's pretty crazy. There's no fundamentals, and it's strictly speculation, and there's a lot of emotion involved. And, and when you put motion up to uh, investments, it doesn't usually have a good outcome. Right. Um, not to say that there aren't great ICOs out there. There are. We have to stop treating ICOs like they're IPOs, and you have to look at the differences between doing an ICO and doing a, an IPO. And, and, and if you go to, there's a, a website out there that everyone should look at. It's called ICO Watch List. And if you go to that, they do a pretty good job of, of looking at what's happening with different ICOs, what the fundamentals are, where they're going. And it, it gives you a, a pretty good indication of, of where that might be, as opposed to just depending upon the, the website of that uh, ICO and you know what the crowd uh, cell is and what the white paper is. Um, I mean, you can go to IC Watchlist and and pretty much put together, you know, the information on that ICO, what they're doing, what it's backed by, and who's who's in the zoo. Much more valuable information than than just depending upon the person who's trying to sell you an ICO or a coin or something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been talking about how venture capitalists are not experienced in this field and that there's differences between the ICO and the IPOs. So what is your standard or philosophy in evaluating an ICO? As I said, I come from a private equity background, and I'm used to looking at hundreds of transactions in a day. When you do that kind of a workload for very long, you're going to develop kind of shortcuts. I have a shortcut. And when I'm looking at opportunities for an ICO or an opportunity for helping someone with blockchain consultants or or getting involved uh, on an advisory panel, I have a process that I go through. I have four questions. And uh, I'm going to ask these four questions. And my rules are, it's got to hit 10 out of 10. It's not rated an 8. But it's rated a 10 out of 10. Okay. And it's got to do it four or four times. And if it does, then I'm going to move forward. 
the four points that I have are number one, uh, is there a transfer of trust? Now, we talked a little bit about smart contracts a little while ago, and basically smart transfer of trust is, is what it's all about uh, in the internet of trust. So we have the internet of value and the internet of trust working together. If this, then that arguments for money, we can do things a thousand times quicker and a hundred times less expensive. We need to leverage that. So there has to be a transfer of trust in order for us to be able to do that. If I can look at an ICO and say, okay, I can understand what this coin is. I can understand that there's a, a transfer of trust is there. And the second thing that I look at is there sticky bits. And what are sticky bits? Uh, sticky bits are people that kind of gain the transaction. Uh, they want to change the pricing after the transaction. They want to come back and say, look, it's not quite what it is. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to change the pricing. You know, the, the car that you sold me, yes, it had four tires, but one of them was a little scuffed. I think I get a 10% discount or something of this nature. So right. people try after a post-transaction, they try and go in and gain the system or other sticky bits are places of friction where there are people in, in the transaction with titles like agents and brokers. These are people that have been brought into the, the, the situation to transfer trust, and they've changed completely the dynamic of the transactions because now they're gaining the situation and they're controlling the situation and they're taking more for their uh, for their value than they're putting into the system. So people with names like brokers and agents, that's a sticky bit. A sticky um, bit. <laughs> a sticky bit. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there transfer trust? Is there sticky bit? And the Third thing that I look at in the transaction is, is there money involved in the transaction? Is there a lot of money? If there's not a lot of money, then it really doesn't matter. We're going to, we have to spend money in order to implement this type of a process. So if there's not money in the transaction, then we probably don't need to go there. And the fourth one is, it's the growth hackers rule number one, uh, simplify or someone else will, right? Those are the four points that I'm looking at. If you're looking at an opportunity, if you're looking at an ICO and it has 10 out of 10 on these four uh, points, then you should probably continue to go down the, the road and take a look at it and do, continue to do your due diligence. It's a tough situation. It's tough to do. Investing is tough and it's tough in today's environment, but there's a lot of gains to be made in the right ICO, I think. Yeah, I think it really brings a lot of clarity to your processes there. And I think that's really beneficial to our, to our listeners. You know, in terms of VC investing, let's talk about the how much part. You know, how do VCs evaluate a business and how do, they, how do they decide how much to invest? With VCs specifically, and it's going to be a little bit different with some of your groups listening to the podcast, but with VC investing, it's, it's a strategic opportunity. In other words, is there a holding company that they have that does something similar? Can we leverage a technology that we already know? Is there a marketplace that we can penetrate that we already know? Is there a strategic uh, opportunity? Does this cryptocurrency, the thing that they're doing, does it solve a problem that one of your key holdings has, right? It's already something that you have in your wheelhouse. It's an industry that you understand. It's a problem you have to solve. And it's a problem that if you solve would make the rest of your holdings much more profitable. So it's time to start looking at strategic opportunities. It's time to start looking at your holdings. And do I invest or do I not invest? Well, if it's strategic, it's probably going to be more worth more value and I'm probably going to invest in that. You should be able to find enough out there. I mean, there's enough ICOs, there's enough out there that you should be able to find something to invest in that's in an industry or niche that you know, that you have some sort of an idea of what happens behind the covers and behind the curtains. So um, stay with what you know. That's what I would say. We are about out of time for this podcast. And so we would love for you to share how guests can connect with you if they have more questions and would like to talk further and any other resources, although you've already shared a great one, which is your channel on YouTube. 
um, that you can share with blockchain enthusiasts? Um, yeah, okay. So uh, you can get a hold of me. Uh, it's michael at blockchainconsultants.io. Um, that's the business that John Crockett and I own, blockchainconsultants.io. We rationalize workflows using distributed ledger technology and smart contracts uh, and uh, decentralization. Uh, you could go to my Blockchain Weekly on the YouTube channel. Uh, there's a company that is making some real headway and some real uh, news right now. It's called Swift Harvest, and that's at swiftharvest.com. You can uh, go to swiftharvest.com and, and uh, uh, look at what we're doing there in rationalizing workflows and using distributed ledger technology in agriculture, believe it or not. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, if you go to blockchainweekly.com, believe it or not, there's a nice call to action there. You actually fill out a form. Hey, or you how can, about uh, that? Yeah, 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 you can click on the link and uh, you can say, I want to schedule a half hour with Michael. You can click on it and uh, select the time uh, that's convenient for you. And guess what? Um, you know, a, a few minutes before that time, I, I'm going to call you and we, we can sit down and talk about the opportunity or talk about what you want to talk about, or maybe get you on the next edition of Blockchain Weekly, if you'd like. That's awesome. Michael, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You bet, and thank you for having me. And to our listeners, thanks for following up with us today on Blockchain Inside. The podcast is co-produced by Ideas, Purdue Blockchain Lab, and CastBox. Please subscribe to our show on castbox.fm slash blockchain lab and leave a comment there if you have any questions. I'm Kimberly Culbertson and with me is Coach Culbertson. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.